Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hey everybody, welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Hey, Simon Provan. Uh, obviously not in the studio today, but still very much a part of the show, sir. Uh, what's going on? Why are you not? Why are you not across the table with your from me with your beautiful smiling face? <laughs> well, not my choice. It's uh, it's God's will. Apparently, today my youngest daughter's been pretty sick the last couple of days, so oh, no. uh, priorities are priorities being what they're being i am i'm at home taking care of her so well, a very commendable and respectable thing to say the least sir we wish uh, we wish your daughter the very uh, speediest of recovery to say the least <laughs> thanks baxter i appreciate that absolutely absolutely well we've got a good show for you today only uh well we've got two guests actually i want to say only one but uh one pro player one journalist i guess if we want to go that route uh, Dan Laletta of The Equalizer will be here in our second segment to talk about Carly Lloyd and some other fun things taking place in the NWSL. And in our fourth segment, we'll be joined by Chicago Red Stars forward Stephanie McCaffrey as well, too. So she'll be making her two-up-front debut with us this week, so it'll be great to get her on the show. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of other people from Chicago and just around the NWSL also, so it'll be great to get Steph, another notable name uh, and figure in the women's soccer community, on the show as well, too. Uh, we do want to let you know as well that our schedule has somewhat officially been determined. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Simon, but we are going to be going now live Wednesdays from 10 to 11 Central from here on out, basically, if I understand that correctly. Is that right? I think that's what we're doing, Baxter. That's, I think so. That's, that's been our discussions <laughs> anyway. So Exactly. That's what we're going to do to the best of our abilities, basically. Yeah, for for this season in our lives anyways, that's, that's what we're going with. So we'll, we'll do our darndest to be as consistent as possible. Absolutely, yep. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and, of course, if you ever miss a show, you can go to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. That's the number two. And check out past episodes, guest interviews, and find out more information about the show and buy a 2 Upfront t-shirt as well, too. I've got one of mine on today. Uh, you definitely got to do that to help support the 2 Upfront brand as well. Yeah, you can also find us on Facebook, Two Up Front, in the search bar. You'll find us right there. Give us a like while you're there. Also, check us out on uh, Twitter. I was going to say Spreaker, but actually, you know, while I'm talking about Spreaker, Baxter, I do have a lot of people say, hey, 
it's you know I, I don't always know where to listen to you live, so I'm going to start plugging that as well. Just go to Spreaker and the, just like Facebook, go to the search bar there and yep. type in Two Upfront. Two Upfront pops up. Click on that. You will find our our bank of shows there, but also when we're live, that's where you find the live show. Absolutely. Uh, but you can also find us on. Yep, you can also find us on Twitter at Two Upfront Soccer. Of course, you can find our own Twitter handles at Baxter Colburn at Simon Proban. All right, Simon Proven. Time for the kick around, which is brought to you by Too Much Metal for One Hand. You can go to TooMuchMetal.com to find rad things for rad people, especially those rad T-shirts. I love his Cooler by the Lake sweatshirts that he has. I think those are really kind of ironic and funny at the same time. I uh, definitely go check I out. I agree. Um, it, uh, sorry, Bax. I was, I was going to say, I, you know, I grew up in Cudahy, and one of our slogans was, uh, "You, we all went to UCLA, University of Cudahy by the Lake, almost." <laughs> <laughs> or some people would say Ana, which is uh, <laughs> I which love is, that. Uh, uh, colloquialism. But uh, but yeah, so that that shirt that you're talking about always reminds me of our uh, mm-hmm. of our little UCLA that we have here in Wisconsin. You gotta love it, to <laughs> say the least. Fred Gillick, a, a master and a wizard when it comes to that. So go check out TooMuchMetal dot uh, to find all the latest gear there. All right, time for the kick around. Uh, we're going to start in Europe first. Um, the I don't think the soccer world is fully recovered quite yet, Simon. After the beatdown that PSG laid on Barcelona, four. Yes, you heard that number correct. Four to zero. PSG. Angel Di Maria on his birthday with two world class finishes, and PSG just absolutely decimates Barcelona. What were your thoughts about this game, Simon? Uh, basically, what you said, Baxter. I was, I was just blown away. I, I don't think a single person had predicted such a uh, a, dis- a destruction of Barcelona by any team. Not at much all. less a PSG side that uh, you know, compared to years past, not many people put as much stock in. But True. obviously, they proved us all wrong. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And I think this was really a game that PSG needed to win. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, at this stage of the game, it's a two-leg series, so Barcelona's yep. not eliminated, which is many people, I think, uh, would be freaking out, I think, if it were that situation, honestly, to be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, Barcelona's knocked out in the first round, but we, we know this in soccer, it's very hard, I think, maybe two goals is pretty semi-easy to come back from, three is a little bit of a challenge, but four goals is a lot. You have to out. You have to basically not let the other team score and score five goals. Barcelona's good, but I don't think they're that good to do that, especially against PSG. Simon. No, you know it's funny, Baxter, because if it was if it was Real Madrid, this is one of those series now where you see Cristiano Ronaldo get angry and put the team on his shoulders, and and perhaps yeah. <laughs> you know Madrid may may be able to overcome this, but I, I just don't see how any team, no matter how good they are, is going to overcome a a four nil scoreline. No, I, I really don't see that in all honesty. This is one of those games, as you said, that it's it really much is wrapped up in all honesty for, for PSG. I mean, now if Barcelona does do Barcelona things and Messi just goes wild and Suarez bites a couple of people, certainly that's possible. But I really don't see Barcelona doing that. And I guess that begs the question now, too. Are we starting to see that shift in world football where Barcelona is no longer that, that feared opponent that they used to be, Simon? Well, it's it's interesting how cyclical the European game can be, Baxter. You know, for years, for years, you knew it was going to be a Premier League team to mm-hmm. win the Champions League, uh, and then you know it, it shifted to obviously you had the Bayern with a win in there, but then 
then it's been Barcelona, Real Madrid, like every year. That's pretty much who you knew one of those teams was going to win the final. So you had La Liga dominating Champions yep. League. So, you know, from here, not quite sure, but I, I agree with you. We, we could be seeing, uh, well, as ESPN FC says, the end of an era. Yeah, I would certainly be. I mean, we all, we all know this stuff happens at some point, right? I mean, it's not like people can honestly be sitting there crying, saying, oh, this is the end. Like, stuff like this is going to happen eventually. Messi's going to retire. Ronaldo's going to retire. You know, Neymar, Suarez, they're going to move on, all that fun business, you know, in the sports world as a whole. It's like, it's, it's going to happen. But I, I just don't know if, um, if I'm putting as much stock in Barcelona as I used to, honestly, with, uh, with how good I thought they used to be, honestly. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you, you look at their league play. They're they're still second in the table. Now, granted, uh, they're a point behind Real Madrid, but Madrid has two games in hand on them. Uh, Sevilla, who's also in this tournament, uh, they play today against uh, Leicester. Mm. You know, they're sitting in third. So, it, it, it's you wonder is is Barcelona going to be that team that perhaps they do well in league play, but when it comes to these high powered competitions, they're they're not going to be as, as well, or is or is this a blip on the radar? They have a hiccup this year, and they come back next year even stronger with uh, you know whatever transfers that they bring in. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, for the longest time, I mean, it's been the offense of Barcelona. So we'll have to keep an eye, I guess, on what happens in the second leg. Um, you wanted to talk briefly about Christian Pulisic and Borussia Dortmund as they drop a one nil close nail biter to Benfica. Some people might say that's a bit of a surprise, but Benfica, I feel like, is always that team in every Champions League that is just on the edge or just outside of being really good. But, you know, a crucial win against Borussia Dortmund will definitely be a huge confidence boost. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, this is, now this is one of those games, that, like you had mentioned earlier, it's 1-0, so Dortmund can go, they go home. You know, yes, they've got that, that away goal against them, so they do need to win, win by at least one goal. Um, but it was, it was just such an interesting match back so that Dortmund couldn't put anything in the back of the net, including on this penalty, uh, I, I always get his name wrong, but Ayube Mayang. Did I, I think I'm close on that. I, I think a, when yeah, people listen to the show, they they know Ab- that I put every single name out there. Abomayang or yeah, something like go. that. I think. Uh, you know, I I think he probably had a world record in missed shots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else was going to say here? But just everybody, everybody was missing. But yet, sick in the 84th minute, came very very close. Uh, probably had. Uh, one of the better shots on goal for Dortmund. Uh, but Benfica, one shot on goal, and they put it away off a corner kick. And so that's, it, it, that's it, all you need. Interesting day. day. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, I mean, as long as your team is the one that gets that point, or, you know, obviously you, know, you, you, you end up on top, that will certainly be the decisive goal at the end of the day. All right, uh, quickly, uh, UEFA, they're doing some weird things when, they, when this, uh, this new expansion of the World Cup comes out, Simon. What the heck's going on with that? Well, you know, I, I actually wouldn't say it's weird, Baxter. Right now they have 13 teams that go to the World Cup. They want 16. I, I think that's, that's not terrible, honestly guess, very yeah. reasonable. No. Uh, the, the kicker is, is what they want, since there's going to be 16 groups of three, they want to make sure that every European team is in a group. So therefore, every single team from Europe has an opportunity to move to the round of 32. Mm. That's the thing that I think is bugging a lot of people. It's, it's saying, wait, hold is on. It, if, it's, we're, it's if we're going to do seedings, yeah. if, if, would... you know, 
they're Go basically I say they're basically trying to make it like uh like just like the UEFA you know final basically like the Euros like they're just trying to get as many European teams in there as they possibly can and say ah sorry Africa sorry United States or all these other massive countries like we're just trying to basically make it just a European competition because the Europeans know how to play soccer better than the rest of the world right sure sure you know and Infantino the president of of, uh, of FIFA has come out and said that every every region will see an expansion hmm. so it'll be interesting to see that. Well, I mean, how many times have we... And again, you know, I have no problem. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. I was just going to say, to go off of that, too, how many times have we seen, you know, teams just outside the bubble, and how many times have we said, you know, God, it would be really cool to see Canada at the World Cup or, you know, other sure, you sure. Know, nations that we think are right on the brink that, you know, could maybe pull in Iceland, or even Iceland in the World Cup, you know, how cool would that be to see them maybe go up and absolutely. pull some big upsets like they did in the Euros? I think that would be incredible. Yeah, the only you know the only thing is is you look at Concacaf. Let's be realistic. Do I, I would say we get that other half slot, so we're guaranteed four teams. Um, but is Concacaf deserving of a fifth team? I don't know, Baxter. I really don't. Maybe another half slot, so maybe one and a half slots, and there's still another continental playoff. But uh, U.S., Mexico, Costa Rica. You know, after that, it's a toss-up for teams, and I, I'm just I'm just not sure Concacaf is deserving of of four. Uh, slots. I guess if you're increasing the World Cup to 48 teams, yeah, we probably do deserve that that extra half slot. But beyond that, I just I don't know if I can make a strong argument for our region getting anything beyond four four teams. Yeah, I, I really uh, I really don't know honestly. We'll we'll have to see honestly when it comes to the the the, the thrill of the World Cup. Um... Yeah, sometimes more European teams maybe isn't the worst idea, or, but we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, all right, um, I know we want to talk about the U.S. We'll talk about that a little bit later because we've got to move on, unfortunately. Sure. So we gotta we got to get to a first break and try to see if we can figure out the technology side here to get Dan LaLetta on the show. So hang tight with us. You are listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. Back with more right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. Simon Proven will be back with us here in just a brief moment. He is uh, off on assignment today, but he is joining us remotely. Uh, once we get the feedback with Simon, we will get him back uh, and rolling. So we apologize. Usually for those of you that are our very loyal listeners, you know that our show is much more put together. But today is just one of those days where Simon's daughter is home sick, so Simon is home there. Uh, trying to uh, play father to her, of course, which he does so exceptionally well, uh, and we are just doing the best we can uh, here at the studio to make it all work as well at the same time. So, uh, like I said, we will try to see if we can get Simon back here uh, with us shortly, um, and we will go from there. So, uh, joining us on the shopfutsal.com call-in line right now, though, is uh, the managing editor for TheEqualizer.com. That is Dan Lauletta. Dan, welcome back to Two Up Front, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, Baxter. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you back on the show, Dan. Uh, I wanted to, to talk first and foremost today about uh, some people are saying rumors. You're, some people are saying it's confirmed, but uh, Carly Lloyd apparently is having a change of scenery. She's going to the Manchester City women. Uh, do we have an official word on that, or is it still speculation? Yeah, the team actually put something out a little while ago, so she is definitely going to Manchester City. She'll be there for their spring series. They're also in the quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League, and they'll have the FA Cup. Wow. And uh, that's a short-term deal. The Dash expects her back sometime in June. And just a few moments ago, a tweet from Carly Lloyd herself indicated that she does intend to play for the Dash this season. So um, everyone who has gone over there, it's kind of been a little bit of a different story in terms of how it's been announced and what the circumstances are about coming back, if at all. But all signs right now point to Carly Lloyd will play for the Dash after a, about a three-month stint in Man City. And a big sigh of relief, I feel like, too, for a lot of people in that regards. I think that's always the first thing. Um, obviously, Kim Little was, was the exception to the rule. She's like, no, I'm actually staying, while the rest of these players that have gone over, Alex Morgan, Heather O'Reilly, and others, have said, you know what, no, I'm going to go and be back, you know, semi-mid-ish season uh, to, well, Cr- to Crystal, be part of it. Crystal Dunn, Crystal oh, Dunn right. actually said that she was not playing that's the league right. this year, and Heather O'Reilly is kind of up in the air. Depending on who you talk to, I would say that if you conducted a, uh, an informal survey, it would be about 80-20 that she would stay True. at Arsenal, but I do know that FC Kansas City, last I heard anyway, was expecting her to be back after the spring series, so dif- difficult to say. But um, sigh of relief, I don't know. I, I think fans would rather not have to deal with wondering what's going to happen either way. But yeah, exactly. It's better you're, to have a good player in the league than not in the league. Yes, you're certainly correct about that. And I, I think that uh, has certainly you know, made some people a little bit apprehensive. But, I mean, this seems to be, to an extent, a theme. Are, are we going to continue to see more high-profile players like these you know, ladies that we've talked about continue to move across, or are we going to try to build people back in? Because I thought that was what we were seeing so much more was the, the world-class players were coming to the NWSL to play their soccer. Well, Baxter, two things to remember. Number one is that Manchester City will always be able to offer more money than any NWSL club. So True. if a player is strictly playing for money, then yes, they're going to keep going and playing in Europe. And that's especially so because those big teams ride the financial coattails of the men's side. So I'm sure Lyon's women's club's payroll is not accounted for in the money that the <laughs> Lyon women make. But that is true. It's all part of one big business. And number two, we don't have a collective bargaining agreement between U.S. soccer 
and the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association. Now, I would personally rather players' club assignments not be tied to a CBA, but they have been since the launch of this league. Right now, there is no CBA, so we will know a lot more once we get that collective bargaining agreement finalized. And remind me, too, I'm, I'm having a, a space on when those negotiations will be taking place. Is that in the next couple of years here, correct? Well, the deal expired at the end of 2016, so they're now more or less operating on the same terms of that deal. Okay, but they are. That's no good. agreement in place. Okay. Uh, the women's national team just changed their lead counsel. Sure, and I sure. Apologize, but I, forget the, I forget the name of the woman who just took over. As their lead counsel, U.S. Soccer has said that the tone has changed in their conversations. They should have some meetings coming up, so we're hoping for the best. Okay. Simon, I think we've got you finally on the line as well, too. I apologize if um, if you're not there, but Simon, are you there? I am, Baxter. I don't know if you guys can hear me very well. Dan, can you hear Simon as well, too? If I I'm, think we've... If I'm co- I cannot hear Simon. You cannot hear Simon. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll continue to play with that as we go farther along, but... Um, We'll have to just kind of keep going with the conversation, I guess, unfortunately. So, Simon, we'll deal. With, we'll have to come back to you on the break. I'm sorry about that. But um, sounds like a plan. I appreciate it. Sorry, I can hear Simon, but you can't, Dan. Anyway, sorry, I know your time is precious here, Dan. So we're trying to figure things out remotely here, unfortunately. So, uh, so as we so talking about um, everything going on with Carly Lloyd, uh, Dan, moving forward, um, we had heard her talk about Liverpool for a while at the beginning of last season. Obviously, you know Manchester City is still a, an illustrious club and certainly one that's going to continue to to get even bigger and better. But um, is, is Carly Lloyd? What what is her time clock? Do we have maybe another three or four good years with 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 Carly Lloyd going on here, or what do we, what do you think? Well, she's more or less told us that she intends to be in France in 2019 True. for the World Cup. So that would be at least three years, and then if she makes it that far, I don't know. I don't see why she wouldn't be still available for the Olympics in 2020 in Japan. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's hard to say, right? She's 34. She'll be 35 this summer and and players can, you know, we've seen players lose it very quickly, but, um, she did hurt her knee last year, which I think maybe got overlooked a little bit Mm -hmm. when we viewed her Olympic performance. FIFA obviously liked it. They made her player of the year, but, um, we'll see, you know, it's, uh, it's a grind. They, they get, you know, the national team players can work very hard, but, uh, I don't see that the end is is very near. Switching gears briefly here, as we're talking with Dan Laletta of the Equalizer, uh, what are your what are your expectations for this upcoming NWSL season, Dan? Well, on the field or off? Uh, let's go on the field. Well, on the field, it's quite fascinating because the the two teams that were in the final last year, you start with the Flash. They don't even play in western New York anymore. They moved to North Carolina. They should be very, very good. They probably arrived a little bit early last season to win the championship, but they have some really good young players. They added Dabinia from Brazil, who should help. I feel like maybe they have to move a player or two from their attack and balance out the roster a little bit better, but they should be very, very good. Then you look at Washington. They were in the final last year. They don't even resemble... I don't even know who this Washington team is anymore. I feel like, yeah, and I don't, I don't think they're going to be as bad as most other, as most people think they are. I think they're actually probably about a mid-pack team. I think Crystal Dunn leaving, though, is a little bit of an understated factor because I think Crystal Dunn 
despite not scoring a lot last year, might have been the most complete player mm-hmm. in the entire league. But, you know, I'm looking to see can Chicago finally put it over the top. And, you know, they were they scratched out a 500 season in 2013, just missed the playoffs in 14, got in and played badly in 2015. Last year they were a Kristen Press crossbar away from being in the True. NWSL championship. Can they put it over the top? They've probably got the most consistent roster of any of the teams over the course of all the seasons. Then you got Kansas City. Can Amy Rodriguez and Sydney LaRue come back in yeah, and score goals the big and right help there. them? Because they, they defended pretty well last year, but they could not score. And with those two and Shea Groom, does Vlatko Andonovsky have to tweak his formation a little bit? Or does he pull one or more of those players out of a position they're familiar with? Seattle's another interesting squad because they, and I think it's really time to split the two shield seasons behind them now without Mm -hmm. Ken Little and now without Kendall Fletcher. And, uh, you know, they've got some interesting players in there. I'm curious how it's going to mix. And I think their defense might be as weak as it's been on paper anyway since 2013. So we'll have to see. But uh, it, it should be another fun season we're going to 24 games whenever we get a schedule i think that combined with no long breaks and absences for the olympics or the world cup combined with having games on lifetime and hopefully a better digital distribution deal i think we're in possibly i think we can be pretty confident we should have a pretty fun season absolutely all right dan well we got to let you go unfortunately but uh, i appreciate you hanging through with us here with the technical difficulties but it's always a pleasure to speak with you and uh, hopefully simon will join us here next time we we chat with you all right all right, Baxter, thank you. No problem, Dan. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Dan Laletta on the shopfootsell.com call in line. I'm going to try to get Simon back uh, before we come back to talk about MLS. And then don't forget, fourth segment, Steph McCaffrey of the Chicago Red Stars will be here with us as well. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Stay with us.
Welcome back to Two Up Front here at the Attentionary Media Studios. We are presented by Three Lines Pub. Welcome back inside the studio. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Once again, Simon Provan. Once again, Simon Provan. Sorry, <laughs> Simon. I, I could hear you. I, I, could ha- I had you in my ears, basically, but, I, but Dan could not hear you. But I think I may have figured it out. Um, this is the beauty. This is why you. This is. You, uh, I love your kids, but you need to tell them to stop getting sick because this is very difficult to try to <laughs> patch you in remotely. <laughs> well, I, I completely empathize with you, Baxter. I know how stressful it can be. So no, no worries know, thanks, at all. Uh, thanks, thanks for all you're doing today. I do appreciate it. No problem at all. Well, yeah. Did you get a chance to catch any of our conversation there with Dan Laletta? I did. I did. You know the the thing about uh, Carly Lloyd with him saying that she has told us she plans on on being in France. Uh, obviously a big thing to consider with, with her career plans, but it also makes you wonder, okay, so I, I realize that the um, the women's Premier League is going to have a shortened season this year. Uh, yes. They actually, they actually gave it a name, but, you know, I know they're going to be moving to match their men's season. Uh, but it, i got to tell you, it, it concerns me, you know, as a NWSL fan, you know, Crystal Dunbeen over there, Carly Lloyd, um, Heather is it Heather Heather O'Reilly that yep. went to Arsenal? Yep, yeah. Uh, you know, that obviously O'Reilly's pretty much said she's done. Dunn has said that she's she at least won't be in NWSL this season. Carly Lloyd, let's say she gets a real good tasting for uh, for what she gets out there and now she's gone. I I'm telling you, Baxter, I, I I am more concerned than I think a lot of people uh, really should should be you know yeah I, I, to me this is this is a more telling sign than than people want to make it out to be i would agree with, with you on that one too and superstar I, players going overseas and i i'm honestly waiting for the next one to go over honestly i mean i know we haven't heard of a tobin heath or a morgan Bryan or you know Alyssa Nay or ashlyn harris or becky sauerbrunn say so, yeah i'm going as well too but you know what who's to say they might not be one of the next ones you know over to europe but we'll have to see the off season and preseason thankfully are right around the corner here. Preseason, I believe, is only a couple of weeks away, so we will hopefully uh, be able to breathe a little bit easier at that point. Um, all right, sure. we, have, we have to briefly talk about MLS stuff here quickly. Or, Simon, why don't we do this? You wanted to talk in the first segment about the uh, new USA jersey. We can talk about that briefly. Then we'll have Steph McCaffrey on. Then we can talk about MLS and close out the show. Does that sound better? Yeah, that's that's great, Baxter. Uh, as far as the U.S. jerseys, as a guy as a, as a guy who started watching the U.S. team 1990, um, it's it's kind of cool to see them bringing back a red secondary jersey, as they've been blue for a long time. But there was there was a brief period in the '90s where they did red. Now I know for some special occasion games they have used red, uh, but but ordinarily they have used blue for their away jerseys, or shouldn't say away, their secondary jerseys. So I, I like the nice clean look of this new jersey. I, I appreciate that Nike. Again, I've got a friend who works in the Nike soccer department, but I appreciate the fact that, that Nike actually has a pretty classy-looking uniform for the U.S., not one that I look at and go, what? what are you kidding me? Come yeah. on, what are you guys doing? <laughs> that is always the big thing, isn't it? Like, how many people made fun of the uh, the Miss America jerseys when the, those sash jerseys came out for the 2010 World Cup? Everybody was like, are we going to a pageant or are we going to the World Cup? Like, I, I, really, I really don't know what's going on. Uh, and I, I would agree yeah, with that, the too. the one for me was- the one for me was the Waldo jerseys, the Where's Waldo yeah. jerseys. And I know a lot of people like that one. They, they they acquired a taste for it. I never acquired a taste for it, I have to say. You could always find the players on the field, though, even when they themselves on their performance maybe <laughs> maybe didn't show up. You're like, oh, there's Clint Dempsey. Oh, there's Josie Altidore. They're not touching the ball, but at least I know they're on the field still. There you go. 
That's always the funny part about it. But, yeah, I, I would definitely be curious to survey people's opinions about, all right, what, in your opinion, is the worst you know, U.S. jersey or the, your top three or something? That'll have to be a future poll question, I feel like, Simon. Yeah, it's funny because it, it used to be the denim jerseys they wore in the 94 World Cup, but mm-hmm. now now that it's been over, well, can I do math here quickly? Yeah, now it's been over 20 years. Mm. You see a lot of people now going, you know what? I kind of actually dig those denim jerseys. Those are pretty <laughs> slick. Yeah, they weren't the worst, I guess. So, All right, well, i got to cut you off, Simon. we got to try to get to our, our second break, or well, our, whatever this is, our third break, our fourth break, some sort of a break so we can get Steph McCaffrey on. Uh, so hang tight with me. All right, Simon? Sounds good, Baxter. All right, you're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. We'll be back with more right after this. All right, Simon Provan, we are three for three, or three for four, rather, on segments getting you uh, roped in remotely. I think I figured it out now in terms of what it's going to take, because we did a quick test with Steph McCaffrey uh, during the break, and she could hear you. Either that or the voices in my head are so loud that she was able to hear those, so we'll have to, we'll have to see which one she actually heard. But uh, Either way, though, we are excited to uh, bring on our second guest on the show today. She plays for the Chicago Red Stars Although she promises her Boston accent is still large and in charge, it is Steph McCaffrey, and she joins us now on the shopfootsell.com call in line. Steph, welcome to Two Up Front. Hi, guys. How are you? Happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on, Steph. Uh, so we understand you're on your way to training right now, so we will do our very best uh, to keep it semi-short here for you. But uh, how is off-season training going for you? Are you feeling good? Are you getting the body back into shape? Yeah, um, off-season training is actually going great. Um, it's been a pretty unique situation for me to have such a large amount of time without competitive soccer, um, which kind of was a blessing because I picked up a fairly significant injury at the end of the season in the NWSL uh, on my ankle. So I kind of spent a month rehabbing that. And then I've really had some time to just focus on improving my technique, which has been kind of a part of my game that I've really needed to elevate in terms of finishing. Um, so I've had really, for the first time, like a, a good run at just focusing on that, making that my number one priority. So I'm really happy with the progress I've made there. And uh, I've started getting fitter and stronger and feel like personally I'm in the best shape of my life. So 
Well, you're entering the third year, too, of your of your professional career. Uh, you spent the first uh, two seasons. Well, you you were you were drafted by the Red Stars. Then you got traded to the Breakers. Now you're back to the Red Stars. Um, are you confused some days what city you're actually in? <laughs> yeah, um, it well, it was like uh, it was a lot kind of getting traded in the middle of last year. But I think that I couldn't have ended up in a better spot, um, both in terms of a talented team and in terms of a welcoming and kind of like family oriented organization. So I'm really excited to kind of have my feet on the ground uh, for an entire year with the Red Stars. And I'm really excited to just hit the ground running. Yeah, Stephanie, you had, uh, you know, admittedly yourself just reading some articles, you know, an up and down year last year. Um, It seems like you, with, when the trade happened with Boston, it was really a mutual thing. And, and my goodness, Boston gave up a heck of a lot. Uh, or Sorry, Chicago gave up a heck of a lot in the way of draft picks, uh, international slot to get you. So that, that part of it had to feel pretty good. But what did it mean for you to uh, you know go through the rough year that you had being released by the national team, but then coming to Chicago and, and starting out really hot for them? Yeah, um, I think, I've, yeah, I've got a lot that last year was kind of like a roller coaster. It was great. Um, that I able was to that I was able to contribute so early for Chicago. I mean, obviously it was an honor, like it was an honor, and it felt really good to know that they wanted me that bad that they gave up. I think it was four draft picks, but at the same time, it also puts a little bit of pressure on you that you have to step up and perform. Um, which again, I think the fact that I did end up getting injured was like kind of put a damper on the progress I had picked up in Chicago, but. It doesn't change the fact that I saw in a very short time um, what I feel like I'm able to accomplish there, and I'm hoping to pick up right before, like right where I left off there before the injury when the season starts. Talking with Steph McCaffrey of the Chicago Red Stars here on the ShopFootsell.com call in line. Steph, I, I'm, I've got to be curious here from a from a non soccer perspective, who's got better food, Chicago or Boston? Ooh, um, that's tough. I think. I'm going to go with Boston has better sports and Chicago has better food. Oh, Boston has better football, I'll say. True, Boston yeah. has better football, <laughs> Chicago has better food. That is, that is very true. Have you, has Boston tried to, to imitate any of the, the deep-dish Chicago-style pizza? Does it even come close at all, or is it just not even a conversation worth having? Not really. Everyone says, when, when I talk about Chicago, everyone says, oh, have you tried the deep-dish pizza? But I think for me... And for some of my other teammates, uh, especially Sophia and Danny, we're all about the donuts. The donuts in Chicago are the best donuts I've ever had in my life. I had no idea. It's like apparently a donut town, but there's like four out of the five top donut shops in the world apparently are in Chicago. That's what Danny told me. Simon, have you ever had Chicago donuts? I I can't say I've ever known that Chicago has donuts. I can tell you, Baxter, I've been to, uh, I think three donut shops in Chicago and I, and I agree with Stephanie they're all amazing I mean I had talk about talk about needing to work out after having a donut I had a I had a ice cream donut sandwich what out of a small donut shop <laughs> Fire cake. it was the most delicious thing I had in my life <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. I, I wow okay I, I don't even know where to go from there, honestly, now that I've got that mental image, honestly. I mean, I guess we should go back to soccer. Uh, Simon, what other questions did you have for Stephanie? Uh, you know, Stephanie, you, you had talked about um, your injury, that, that things are progressing well here in the, uh, I guess not officially the preseason, but but with your training. But, 
you know, the, the competition you have at forward with this team, you've got some great players, obviously Kristen Press being one of those. Have you had conversations with Coach as far as how he's hoping to use you this season? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of see the competition as a good thing. Um, I think when you have, like, three or four good forwards that could start uh, for almost any team in the league, um, it's only going to make the whole group better. Um, and I just, in terms of what Rory says to us, it's that the people that are producing will play. Uh, so we all know that going in. And then from a positional perspective, um, we've talked about how I feel like I can play out wide in a 4-3-3 or up front essentially in a 4-4-2. So it's kind of just be ready to earn your spot and play wherever the team needs me in a particular formation. Do you have a preference? If you were, if coach were to come to you and say, all right, Steph, you can play any position on the field. Where do you want to play? Um, I think that it's tough. I think if my most natural position, I would say, would be out wide in the 4-3-3. But um, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's by a landslide or anything. I, all my life I've played kind of central forward, and then like as I got to the really higher level, kind of uh, in the NWSL with the national team, I started progressing a little bit out wide. So I think, I guess if I had to choose, I'd say a 7 or 11 and a 4-3-3, but uh, I'm still very comfortable up top too. Hmm. That certainly is good to know. What is it going to take for you to get back to the national team? Um, I think that... Right now, I'm just focused on having a good season with Chicago. I think it's really obvious based on what's gone on the past two year, uh, year and a half or two that if you perform in the league, people who perform in the league uh, get like opportunities. So um, I'm kind of just looking at it, looking at it as like earn your spot in Chicago, play really hard, and the rest will kind of take care of itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense to me. Uh, I mean, and realistically, that's kind of what it has come down to. I mean, Simon, you know, and I've talked about that multiple times with Lynn Williams and Jess McDonald and Keely Ojai and the numerous other NWSL players that have gotten their shot, you know, at the national team because they perform at the league. And many people, you know, we've ourselves included, Simon, have said the NWSL is the best league for women's soccer in the world right now. Yeah, I, I got to absolutely. Of course, Baxter, I agree with that. Um, and, you know, Stephanie, you're, you're, you are with a strong team. Third place last year also did quite well in the playoffs. You know, how much, I, I, and I know the answer is always, well, we take each game, you know, one day at a time, but I'm wondering at the end of the last season if, if there was conversations about this is what we have to do next year to, to get to the final and, and how much focus there is on getting to the final this year. Yeah, I think um... – the way I feel is, and I'm, I think the way the entire team and organization feels is we have the talent to win it all this year. Um, and I'd be lying if I said, like, if you look at the potential we have going into this season, I'd be very disappointed if we didn't, like, come out with a championship. Because uh, it's, I, I just think that we, there's no reason why we can't win it. And if we execute properly and come together as a team, it's well within our reach. So, yeah, I'd be very disappointed if we didn't win it. Hmm. I wonder how your Portland Thorns are going to stack up now, Simon, now that uh, <laughs> Steph is basically calling her shot here this early on in the season. <laughs> no, I mean that always, in the nicest way always possible. calling me out, Baxter. Never, never, out. never, never, never. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean we'll, see, we'll see, I guess. No, go ahead, Steph. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great and really talented teams, but I think that 
you kind of if, if you don't go into the season thinking that your team wants to win and should win, then um, like why are you doing it? So I just yeah, like I Absolutely. think yeah. going no, into preseason, yeah, our, our goal is to win. I would completely agree with you on that one. I just one other fast question for you, Steph. Here before we let you go, um, obviously you played for the Boston Breakers for a, a period of time. What have been your just your general thoughts about how coach is just basically revamped that entire team in the off season? Um, I guess my only comment on that would be that Matt and Lee are both great people, and uh, they know a lot about the game. And I think that uh, they're what they're doing is positive for the Breakers organization. They, uh, they know what they're doing. So, um, obviously, even though I'm not on the team anymore, it's like my hometown team and the Breakers did a lot for me, and they're all in part of special place mm-hmm. kind of in my career. So I wish all the best to them. Absolutely. Well, very uh, well-spoken and professional way of addressing that. Well, Steph, we really appreciate your time today on to Upfront. Uh, once again, apologies for a little bit of the craziness with the technological side of things, but uh, I think we got it. We got it done. We got it. You know, we got you on there. So we'll just definitely yeah. have to. We'll have to do this again when Simon is actually in studio, so we don't have to worry about all these other outside weird connections and everything. But uh, good luck at training, and thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, thanks so much for having me, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, there goes Steph McCaffrey on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. When we come back, Simon and I are going to jump into MLS to close things out. Talk about Freddie Montero. He's back in Cascadia, not where you think he'd be. Clint Dempsey and Brad Davis, all among other things. We'll talk about that and more right after this. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. No, no problem at all. Once again, I reiterate how much I miss you when you're not actually in the studio. But we are making it work uh, here on to Well, you know, at, at least we're providing some comic relief. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The professional standards went out the window after the first two minutes of the show, I feel like. But you know what? It's We have had a great show today. We've had two exceptional guests on as well. Dan Lalletta of The Equalizer was on to talk about Carly Lloyd there in the second segment. And then we just got off the phone with Steph McCaffrey of the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, good to hear her thoughts. And I, I wasn't sure, honestly, how she was going to answer the question about the Boston Breakers, but she took it uh, in full stride and uh, was very professional about her answer as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you go back and just read, you know, I was looking at an article here um, 
in which it talks about that trade when it actually happened back in uh, July of last year. You know, Matt Matt Beard, who we've had on the show now a couple of couple or three times, yeah, was uh, was very professional about the whole thing too. He basically just said, "Look, we we wanted to keep her, but um, you know, she's struggling here, and and she wanted a change of change of pace, change of uh, yeah, change of atmosphere." I'm pretty sure so everybody we, in Boston was struggling. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. And and just to go over what Boston gave up, it was the two highest second-round draft picks, a wow. third-round pick, a fourth-round draft pick, and an international slot. Ooh. So you can, you can imagine the pressure that Stephanie did feel, as she talked about in her interview, going into Chicago and people going, okay, well, we gave up a lot for a player who hasn't scored in 12 yeah. games. Yep. Is she going to score? But then, you know, she came to Chicago and boom, first game, goal. You know, so it was, it was great to see for her as well. That'll certainly silence a lot of the doubters right out of the gate, to say the least. Yeah, right, right. All right, Simon, uh, some high-profile things to talk about here in the world of MLS. Uh, MLS is continuously coming up closer and closer. More preseason games uh, taking place today as well. My revolution will take on the Houston Dynamo at 6 p.m. Central tonight. Uh, I don't know when the Tim- Portland just tied Minnesota 2-2 back on 12th. Uh, otherwise, I'm yeah, not... but Fernando Adi Baxter had the goal of the preseason, mm. back heeled into the goal. It was uh, it's on MLSsoccer.com somewhere. So, you know, I don't care if you're a Timbers fan, a Sounders fan, a Whitecaps fan. There's mm. a little foreshadowing. <clears throat> um, check it out. What? Look at his goal. It's 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 delicious. That's the only way I can describe it. Exactly. Well, speaking of the Whitecaps and the Timbers, they actually play tonight at 9.30 p.m. Central Time, so uh, if, you're okay. able, if you're able to somehow catch a live stream of that, I think on YouTube is how they've been streaming some of those games, uh, go check it out. But yeah, let's stick with the Whitecaps, Simon. Uh, they, they made a move for a very distinguished man in MLS uh, who is, uh, I think, very well known. Uh, who did they go and grab? The Whitecaps went out and grabbed uh, former Seattle Sounder Freddie Montero, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the record goal scorer for the Seattle Sounders, Freddie Montero. And uh, if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, um, they had to deal um, a pick to Minnesota United FC in order to acquire Montero. Correct. So I would have loved Mont- right, I would have loved Montero being on United, honestly. Well, that that would have been something for Minnesota, but yeah, they, just so people know, it's it's because the Whitecaps were fifth in the allocation list. So to get up to number one, they had to deal something to Minnesota. But uh, I don't know. Are you surprised at all that he signed as a designated player coming over from the uh, Chinese Super League? Well, I mean, I feel like we don't honestly know a lot about how players really do after they return from the Chinese Super League. Um, a lot of players just go there and then fizzle out, and we never really hear much about them again. I feel like Freddie Montero, though, we, we've seen him do exceptional things throughout his career. He's a guy that's going to put the ball in the back of the net, you know, double digits almost every season, no matter what team that he's on. Uh, and Vancouver's hungry. They they need the key forward player on their team. Uh, they've tried with multiple wingers. They've tried with you know crazy midfielders, but they've struggled significantly uh, to not have that that dynamic forward. And I think Montero adds a level of excitement to that. But a designated player, I I think you don't sign him as a designated player to start, and then maybe you boost him up after a month or two. But uh, I I don't agree with the designated player tag, honestly. Okay. It is interesting, as you said, you know, the, the Whitecaps, they had, boy, I don't have his name in front of me, but they, you know, they had their 25 goal scorer a couple of years back, and then he suddenly went up and, 
if you remember the whole debacle with him going down to Liga MX, yeah, and uh, and that whole situation. Um, so this this really is the first time since then that the Whitecaps have a pure goal scorer up front. So I actually I, I don't mind the DP slot for him. Uh, I'd be interested to see what his actual number is, how much they're actually paying him, and, yes, yep. and if they perhaps if they hold on to him, they can maybe buy him buy his contract down. Um, but I think this is a great move by Vancouver. And real quick, Baxter, while we're talking about this, obviously it's related to Seattle. I just sure. want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Keo Colorado, who's been messaging us on yeah. Twitter. just want to give a shout-out to him and thank him for following us and, and listening to us. So uh, he's a Seattle Sounders fan, which is why I had to bring his name up there. Mm, so I'd, a... I'd, I'd be interested in Keo's thoughts on this. So, Keo, if you're listening, send us a message. Let us know what you're thinking about this. Yeah. Uh, tweeted us at uh, on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, you Cascadia folk. Do you like Freddie Montero, number one, being back in MLS? And number two, do you like him being back in Cascadia, but not with the Sounders? I'm curious to get a lot of people's that, that's, thoughts about that's, that. That is the most interesting thing, isn't it, that uh, you know he does come back to MLS and listen, Seattle. Seattle got money for him. That's why they didn't hold the rights to him anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that he ends up in Cascadia, not you know, not the New England Revolution, which actually he may be a good fit there, Baxter. True. Um, not not DC United, but all the way in the other side where he originally came from, basically with with this league and back in Cascadia. Really, anybody that can throw their body on the line and put a goal in the back of the net is good is welcome in New England at this point. Yeah, well, let me let me change gears on us, Baxter. Speaking of DC United, they have a they don't have a stadium yet, but they actually have a stadium sponsor already. Wow, good for them. Who is that? So, uh, well, here's the thing. I think MLS is quickly becoming a uh, a car dealership as a league. The Audi <laughs> is the sponsor for DC United Stadium, who they've now have announced that the capacity is going to be going up to twenty thousand. At one point, they were talking eighteen thousand, but now it's up to 20000 But look, you've got Toyota Park in Bridgeview for, of the Chicago Fire, Toyota Stadium down in uh, Frisco for FC Dallas, and of course the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is going to be, is currently being built for Atlanta United, and now you have Audi sponsoring the new D.C. United Stadium. Well, for what it's worth, Don Garber is a little slippery like a car salesman at times, too, so I oh. mean, you know, <laughs> so I guess if the shoe fits, we'll have, we'll, I guess, we'll, we'll have to see. Because don't we have the Audi player index as well, too, for the... For, we do, yes, yes, that's, that, I didn't think about that. Slowly yeah. buying up the league, basically. Ford hasn't jumped in yet. Have you seen Ford anymore? I haven't seen Ford do anything. No, Ford. It's interesting, isn't it, that Ford likes to sponsor a lot of the European teams hmm. and, and competitions, but but because, nothing over here. Probably because they know they can actually make a good profit in Europe right now, and then we'll figure it all out from later. Well, absolutely, and it's interesting because you know while soccer still wasn't a big deal over here, over in Europe, you did see a lot of American companies yeah. sponsoring a lot of the uh, the soccer teams over there. Yep, you're absolutely yes, right about that. I, I call them soccer teams. Yes, soccer. I, I do wonder though if Detroit ever does get an MLS team, if Ford would be the presenting sponsor. That would make oh, you got to yeah. That would make sense, yeah, wouldn't I, it? It absolutely would. Yeah, I, I would think. I would think they would. I mean, they've got Ford Field already with yeah. the uh, Detroit Lions, so makes sense. Just maybe just call them Ford FC. I don't know. Uh, just throwing names out there for that one. That one's TM. I expect 20% of royalties on that. All right, uh, two other quick notes. Uh, some exciting news for Seattle Sounder fans. Clint Dempsey is uh, supposedly 85 to 95% fit um, as his comeback continues. Uh, for Sounder fans, that is certainly exciting. He's been participating in preseason uh, sparingly as he continues to get himself back in good condition. 
Uh, Clint Dempsey, what is his time clock, Simon? Has he got maybe two years left? I think that's probably the hardest question to answer, Baxter, because it all depends on his heart. Yes, he's cleared to play, um, but and, and I, I give him all the credit in the world for this. He won't talk about it. You know, I think it was yeah. Illustrated asked him, you know, well, what, what did the doctor say about your heart? And he basically said, you know what? That's my business. That's nobody yeah. else's business. Yeah, so, exactly. I don't think we can really answer that question. Uh, if he was fully fit and healthy, I would give him, with, with the drive that he has most of the time throughout the season, I, I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't give him, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you were playing three or four more years, but hmm. it really, it all depends upon his heart. And That and is I, true. I will say, you know, as a Timbers fan, Clint Dempsey being back in Seattle, being back in the league is a good thing for MLS. True. Regardless of, of ultimately who you're a fan of. I you, know, you, never yeah. want to see, you never want to see anybody have to retire because of a heart condition, because of a, a torn Achilles tendon. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see them go out on their own terms. Exactly. And speaking of a man that's going out on his own terms, Brad Davis is set to retire with the Houston Dynamo. He's going to sign a one-day contract, Simon, so he can retire with the club that has paid homage and given him so much love over his entire career. Yeah, I think that's a cool move. We don't see that much in MLS, Baxter, where players are uh, doing that that one year or that one day contract to say they've retired with the club that yeah that basically Brad Davis has loved you know he was if I recall right Brad Davis was there when the Dynamo had their inaugural game I, I may have that a little wrong but I believe he was there so he's, he's played with a number of teams um, spent a little bit of time with the national team as well so uh, yeah 17 caps with the national team he was great in Houston pretty hard as well sporting kansas city yeah um so you know wish him all the best he's he's definitely he, he was definitely a guy that you look to as a i think people will understand when i say this a pure mls player yes that's one of those through and through guys that you're like yep he's a pure mls player he started his career here he ended his career here he's definitely uh one of those cornerstones of how the league has been able to succeed a journeyman and has definitely been a vital part of mls uh what it is today basically yeah, well, that's just it. He, he made MLS like he's what it is today. He's, he's one of those guys. He's not at the top of most people's list of hey, this is you know this is he's one of the greatest players ever. Yeah. Um, but for the league's short young life that it's had in these twenty twenty one years, uh, he's definitely a guy you look up to. You know, sixty goals, one hundred and thirty two assists, four hundred nineteen career MLS appearances. Began with the Metro Stars, a couple of seasons with Dallas, San Jose. Um, and, of course, he stayed with San Jose when they moved to Houston, and that's where he spent most of his time. Uh, but but you look at him, and as I said, uh, through and through, he's he's a guy that has has always been in MLS. He's loved this league. The league has loved him back, and, and he's, he's been a great player no matter which team he's played with. So best of luck to him with, the, with whatever the next chapter in his life is. Absolutely right. All right, time for the final part of our show, our I Believe segment. I Simon and I both offer up something we believe will take place in the soccer world as we quickly close out the show. Simon, the floor is yours, sir. Well, back to this one's pretty. I believe that I will be in the field. Ooh, I that? love that. I believe that is a great idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, my I believe is going to go out to my son Beckham. He is three months old today, so I just want to wish him a very happy three months uh, today. That I am very proud of him, and I hope he continues to get stronger and healthier each and every day. So um, that's awesome, Baxter. You know, if, if people out there aren't parents, they they listen to you say that. They're like, really, come on, that's what you're going with. 
listen, I can tell you from experience, every every time your uh, daughter or son gets to be a month older, in, the, in those young, young days, yep. it's, uh, it's, it's very special. It is. It's, it, because you start to realize how fast time does go. Oh, yeah. Yep, exactly. It definitely gets after you after a while. So, But a special thanks uh, to everybody that came on the show today. Special thanks to Dan Laletta of The Equalizer and for Steph McCaffrey coming on from the Chicago Red Stars as well. Both of those guests appeared on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. You can hear us now Wednesdays from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time live on Spreaker.com. We'll have more exciting info for you coming up here in the next week or two about another new place that you can find us. Uh, but you can also find the show on demand by going to iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the Sports Podcasting Network as well, and by going to our website, 2UpfrontSoccer.com. You can find us on Facebook, do 2 Upfront in that search bar. You'll find us. Also, check us out on Twitter at 2UpfrontSoccer. He's at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Proven. All right. For Simon Proven, I am Baxter Colburn. Thanks so much for joining us. With our manager being the one above, we are 2Upfront. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.